Welcome to the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi. Your life made simple. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Being Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed my joint interview on the Simply Human Podcast last week. It was with a couple of fun buddies of mine that I've really had a, you know, developed a good relationship on what it means to live a simple life and what it means to really be humans. This week, I have some amazing guests on. They interviewed me, and I was so fascinated. I wanted to have them on my podcast as well. They are coming to us all the way from, can I say down under, guys? Is, is, that, is that kind of how it is? So all the way from Australia. It's a place I want to visit, and I heard it's beautiful. Everybody, please welcome Nat and Cecilia to the show. And I'll give a little brief about what Nat and Cecilia do. So Nat is a women's health expert. She's just released her book, which we'll get into. I'm excited to share about that. She has been practicing acupuncture, Chinese medicine, and even alternative therapies to help people, especially women, with natural fertility. It's, it's so amazing because that touches home to me. I know a lot of close family friends and family members of mine who have struggled with that. So that's amazing. I can't wait to get into that conversation. And then we also have Cecilia whose whole life has evolved around just her passion for raising her voice towards positivity. She has amazing experience with news media. She was just speaking to me earlier about how she just auditioned and how this whole COVID-19 situation audition is different. But welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Guni. We uh, loved having you on our podcast, The Wellness Collective. I'll just throw that in there so that people are like, why are there two of us on Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we, um, we've been podcasting, Cecilia and I, together for several years now. We just actually had our 100th episode, which is really exciting. Congratulations. Um, and that's how we came together. So, you know, one of us is in health and the other one is, is in media. And, and it's an excellent combination, if I may say so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well I, done. I agree. <laughs> As I bring on all my guests, I, it's always interesting for me to understand your guys' story or your why. So if you guys, please don't mind, can you guys kind of walk me through as to what is your guys' why and, and what got you to the point that you guys are at today? I love that you have brought that up because we were just reminiscing about that in our 100th episode, weren't we, Nat? We certainly were. I'll just speak to the evolution of, you know, for me, it's always been about how can I help and serve more people? How can I reach a wider audience? I've been in the industry for 15 years and it was a very much an evolution. You know, before we were writing blogs, we were using, then we moved into social media and then podcasts, even though they've been around for a long time, became an amazing means for us to share information and reach a wider audience and so that's really always been my passion and vision is how can I serve more people how can I help more people and how can I do it in the best way possible and I think that's where what's been really great in working with Cecilia is that she's definitely an expert in that field with a background in radio and she sounds definitely far better than I do on a podcast. I just, I just <laughs> love the word expert. Expert just makes me laugh every time. I'm like, am I? I don't know. It's still just giving it a go. Yep. But it's, it really has been, I think, for both of us, how can we continue to listen to what people need to learn? What are they, what are they hungry for? How can we help more people? And how can we give facts? I think that's the other really important thing that we're passionate about is 
people need the facts. And so often, for whatever reason, women might not be getting various views. So we're not, definitely wouldn't say we're alternative in what we deliver. We try and deliver a bit of everything. And if anything, I'm definitely far more alternative, obviously, or complementary in my what I deliver in the clinic and Cecilia, I would say is probably a little bit more mainstream. So that combination works really well. Kind of is, is yin and yang on that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Although we've never clashed with anything, have we? I don't think no, there's ever been anything that we've ever really, gone. Yeah. And I think it's because we're both really very open. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's not about clashing, but I think that you definitely, Cecilia would definitely bring more often than not, um, more mainstream ideas, whereas I'll, I'll throw in some really <laughs> weird things to, to into the mix. And so I think that works really nicely because I would probably not look at the things that Cecilia might bring in terms of topics or conversations or experts or, or guests or whatever it might be and continuing to try and, and just, yeah, give more information, whether it's women's health or just health in general. I I think also too, one of the things we've realized is that the name that we had in the beginning was a bit problematic for us. We were like, well, it's very long. And, you know, the whole wellness thing is really interesting because that, that seems to polarize people in a way. But what we're looking at doing with the Wellness Collective is the, the collective part is we bring in voices from as many people as we can. And we do a mix of, of people's personal experiences, like Guni yourself, you came and you shared both your personal experience and your professional experience. But we try to get experts as well as people who have lived through their own experience and, uh, and people can learn from that because I think sometimes those voices don't get heard so much. It's a bit of an echo chamber sometimes in, if you've got the same sort of people talking about the same sort of expert advice and whatever's the fad at the time, whereas to get people's own experience is something that you know, can really be a light bulb and... Um, yeah, we've had that. And, and also too, I love that um, there's little tidbits that, you know, we've learned along the way that we've both just gone, what? Okay. <laughs> and, and even the way we approach things, I think from, from hearing so many stories has changed. Like I had an experience the other day where I saw something like crystal healing mm-hmm. and, you know, someone had, had written the different sorts of crystals for different sorts of healing. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, I, there's lots of people in my life that would have looked at that and gone, bah. What bunkum. But I thought, you know, if people want to hold a crystal and that makes them feel good or they get something out of it that's for them, well, then who is it, you know, whose role is it for someone else to say that doesn't work? So I think that's the big thing out of it. There's, There's lots out there. You need to be able to find the things that resonate with you. And that's kind of what we aim to do. Your guys' energy that was on there, and I could just tell. See, during my journey, I've really learned to trust my intuition and gut. And when I was on the show, I could just you guys' passion to helping people really resonated and it could be felt. So it was a lot of fun and just hearing your guys' experience as well, it was, which just, it was a joy to be on. Nat, you have a really interesting project or a, you know, something that you just released right now, the, the book. I was just browsing it earlier and I'm actually very excited to learn more about it because it centers around what you said on the front is, it's really interesting, is your body is talking. It's time to listen. My father, being a physician, you know, he says that all the time, and I've noticed it too, is that our body does speak to us. And sometimes when we don't listen enough, there's little subtle hints and clues, things begin to progress to get worse. And I think that is how, in my opinion, stress takes a toll. Sometimes people don't slow down. 
sometimes people are not aware of the thing that they're putting in their body that they think is nutritious is actually fighting against it. Sometimes when people are, you know, just their adrenals are fatigued, they're not listening, but there's always clues. Because in Ayurveda, we're also taught that the body's always flowing towards homeostasis, always wanting to maintain balance. So if you could just tell us a little bit about your book and then also, you know, just what does that statement mean? Why, why, why did you, why did you want to just make that in the front? Because it, it so resonates with me and caught my attention. It's very interesting because people see that and comment on that all the time. And it blows my mind because as you know, uh, we're constantly looking for clues and symptoms that our body is showing us. But the book came to be, uh, it's, the, it's called Beautiful You. And it's the book that I wanted when I was 15 mm, that helped me that. understand my body, but I never had a resource like that. And I was wildly fascinated when I look back of, to that time in my life, I was so intrigued yeah. by my body, but I had <laughs> no way of understanding it. But I was, I had this, I had this booklet. Your hobby. Let's call it a booklet. I reckon it was 16 pages long that my mum gave me. And I just remember reading those pages over and over and over because I was so curious, but I had no idea. And I don't think when I was growing up, there wasn't this conversation that was an evolution that just continued to happen so that I could understand myself. It was more a, oh, you're at a time in your life where I'm going to drop a bombshell and teach you about the birds and the bees. And we'd never spoken about it before. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, (laughs) this is not going to happen. You've got to be kidding. And what was interesting is my sister was even better to observe because she just failed to believe that that was going to happen. She failed to believe that she was going to get a period, that that was how, you know, and everything that went with that. Denial. Mm. Right. And so I really had this epiphany. Like you said, I, I really made my mark in Chinese medicine treating fertility. But one day I was in the office and I just had this epiphany. I was like, we're fixing it when it's broken. How about if we were to talk to the 15-year-old when the problems arise? Mm, I love that. Prevention. Learn what's going on. We actually listen. We get curious. We don't just get put on the pill as a solution because we know that's not. And we get curious and we learn what our body's telling us. And then we learn how to bring it back to, as you said, that homeostasis was much within that lane as possible. And so that's really the evolution of the book. But it does go into other areas. It talks about emotional health. It talks about your hormones. It talks about, and I know that. No 15-year-old cares about their fertility. They just don't. They don't yeah, they're yeah. not interested. In well, fact, that's the last thing on the list. But I think we need to make young women aware that their health long-term doesn't start once you get to the point of wanting to have a baby. It's, it's from that very mo- moment that they start, well, from the moment you're born, really. But when you start to transition through puberty, if you can have that information as to how important that is to do as healthy as possible, then we can look at the bigger picture. So I've really spoken to more, you know, the aesthetics of if you have acne, what does that mean? If you have bloating or weight gain or, or period pain or missing periods or, you know, what are all of your symptoms telling you? And then you get to be the detective and work it out rather than putting your hands, your, your health in the hands of somebody else who doesn't actually know how you feel. Um, and I think that's the biggest mistake we make is we go to our doctor who maybe at best has 10 minutes with us yeah, um, yeah. And, and are diagnosed or we're prescribed the pill is the only solution really that your GP can offer you. And I don't, I think that's where the problem lies is that your GP 
probably isn't the solution. Maybe if you've got hormone imbalance, you really need to see a gynecologist. And I think this is where things absolutely fall through the cracks is that the research isn't properly done. And that's not your GP's fault. That's just not their job. But that's who we go to for this information. So just even knowing that, and I think also as a parent, and this is who I really speak to, is how can we have conversations with our young girls and boys about this and how can we have the tools? So the book really is something that is for mothers, that is for daughters, and it's about us reconnecting with ourselves and understanding ourselves again. And whilst I've definitely marketed it to the 15-year-old, the feedback has been it just needs to be for all women to understand themselves better. I, I think that. too, Nat, one of the things that you have alerted me to throughout this time that we've worked together and your book particularly is that fertility isn't just about having babies and it's about being healthy and well balanced and so like you say I, I remember thinking about when like, you as a curious teenager I think I was like your sister I was in denial um <laughs> but but if someone had have said to me like all of this stuff is is you know yes everyone says it's natural but all of this stuff is about you being a healthy person for your entire life I think that probably gives it a bit more context too. So hats off to you, lady, for writing your book. <laughs> yeah, and, and Cecilia, I was actually going to you know, ask you, it's, it's a really interesting contrast because you must have just been engrossing so much of this, this health knowledge. Before you met Nat, was health kind of a secondary thing to you? And now, now has it come more in the forefront that, wow, if I'm not healthy, I mean, I can't, I can't do much. I always tell people, I'm like, you know, people that, that I feel are just going too much and just don't care. I was like, you know what? When was the last time you got sick? Mm. And they're like, okay, yeah. And I can remember. I was like, how did you feel that day? Like, I felt like crap. I was like, do you think that day was your most productive day where you were more present for your family work and everything? They're like, no. I was like, well, unfortunately, if you don't keep up with your health, that can be mm. prolonged. You know, you can have adrenal fatigue. You can have many other things that in inflammation and so, so many other things. I'm like, so health to me, guys, is, is a foundation. That is a foundation where everything starts. So how, how has that had changed for you maybe? I think the thing that I have learned throughout all of this that I, that I didn't look at before is that looking at the source of something is much more important than just mm. treating it with drugs. Um, and I think that's the real mind shift. And I remember when Nat was talking about that for the first time and also too with in your particular circumstance with your son, Geordie, Nat, who has a, a chronic illness. And the way you treat that is completely different to the way I looked at things before that, I think. I'd also had two babies and so I was coming out of, you know, <laughs> baby fog when we first met. And so that's a whole other time in your life where it's quite hard to put any focus on yourself and self-care right. is really difficult. And so learning how to find little moments where you can do that and also to recognise what's going on. Like you say, inflammation. Before I had no idea that inflammation could be controlled by what you're eating or, you know, it's not just popping a few ibuprofen, that's not going to help it in the long term. You need to work out what's actually going on. And then if you can get to the bottom of that and treat that, then all the other good things can come of that. It's amazing how just some little shift of mindset, and it's all about what you learned when you're growing up and the experience you've had with medicine and all that kind of stuff as well. That's a completely different way of looking at it. And I think it's a better way because it does empower you too. Nat, what have you seen in your experience that from, from 
maybe your earlier days to now, are you seeing that are women taking better proactive approaches towards their overall health, towards this goal of fertility and being mothers? Or are you still seeing that that with the awareness around it? Are the health habits still remaining the same? Are they declining? I'm just, I'm really interested because I am biased because maybe like you, I've been around natural medicine my whole life. I just can't see anything else. And, and unlike you, Cecilia, like, yeah, popping an ibuprofen or anything like that, like, good luck finding one at my house. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I know I, it's still going to be in my house. Don't yeah. Worry. So at the, yeah. at the end of the day, I'll lend you some. <laughs> sure. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it's, 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 I'm always curious because my father also treats a lot of uh, males for male reproductive health. And he's saying that certain habits, like sitting, a lot, a lot more sitting, screen time, staying up later, our habits have changed because of technology. He's even, you know, other correlations. He's seen actually dec- decrease in the fertility and in, in, in even, you know, certain for men and testosterone's levels as well. So it's just interesting from a, from a female perspective, what have you been seeing lately? What's interesting is we have obviously ebbs and flows. And <laughs> I think right. that, I think for the most part, women recognize and will want to be proactive when it comes to their fertility. Mm-hmm. So more than ever, I guess I'm seeing women in a phase of that preconception phase. And there's a lot of marketing around that now, isn't there? hundred days, there's campaigns for that. And I think that's excellent. Um, so I think we're more aware. I think the downside to that is that we plan out fertility and we plan out when we would ideally like to fall pregnant, which just comes with another whole host of factors that impact your body in the way that it works because it's stressful. So anything that's stressful, whether it's the fact that your liver is not processing your hormones properly or you are putting pressure on yourself to fall pregnant, it equally impacts your sex hormones. At the moment, what I'm seeing currently is a lot of women extremely stressed because mm. things aren't going to plan. And so I, I, I know that I have to actually, it's not about the physicality, it's so much about their emotional and mental health and getting that piece right and reinstilling the belief that their body knows exactly what to do. You've just got to create the optimal environment. And when you can create the optimal environment, everything else follows. But at the moment, people are acting out of fear. There's a lot of stress. I'm seeing a lot of women rushing to freeze eggs, you know, when they're younger. Um, and I don't, I'm not opposed to that, but I'm all about preserving your health and your fertility for as long as possible. And I get that, yes, in certain circumstances, um, freezing eggs might be a good idea, um, but I don't, again, it's just another stress that women have to go through. So that's actually what I'm seeing more of than ever. And the the other huge thing I'm seeing more of than ever is early onset or precocious puberty. So young girls going through puberty really early. And I'm seeing more and more of that, which is fascinating. And I actually think it's for the same reason is that, that their awareness is, or their adrenals have been activated too early. Mm. And obviously their adrenals have been activated too early because that's how that whole process starts. But why is that? And if I look at each and every one of the patients that I've seen um, that are experiencing that at the moment, they've had some type of trauma or high stress as a really little baby or a young child. Oh, really? And so, so, I mean, I'm finding that fascinating, mind-blowing and extremely concerning at the same time and also 
you know, obviously you check the normal things. Is there any tumours? Is there a reason that that's happening? But once they've got the all clear and they're in my office and they've been told that there's nothing other than, you know, maybe there are certain drugs that you can take to stop it or slow it down. Some people are told there's nothing you can do, depending. There's so much you can do. Um, And so... I just, again, had this epiphany not that long ago because I'd always gone with the, oh, there's nothing you can do. You've just kind of got to write it out. No, actually, of course, there's something you can do. There's always something you can do. And so <laughs> you, don't need to be, you don't need to believe that, right? But I had bought into yeah. that. I had bought into that my entire career. Oh, there's nothing you can do for precocious. Many, PD. many people do not. Many people buy into that. Right. Unfortunately. I find it fascinating. It's the same as egg quality. Oh, there's nothing you can do. You've got, you know, you served up as many eggs as you served up as a woman. That's it. You're done. Really? Is that actually? <laughs> nothing can happen anywhere else in your body. So I'm not sure why just there. It doesn't actually make sense to me. I know we've, you know, we've busted the myth of we're born with all of our brain cells. No, we're actually not. Yep, we're, we're yep. <laughs> so if we're yeah, busted that, goodness. I wonder what else we can bust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, science has demystified that many times, you know, so you're right. Right. So I just, now I just question everything. And, and that's, I think, what I would encourage everybody to be doing is question everything. And I think we, that's what I'm seeing us do more than ever is actually ask questions. Whereas once upon a time we went to our health provider and we just took whatever they said, whoever that was, as what is. And I think now more than ever we actually ask questions or we get curious ourselves. Hey, um, I was at the physiotherapist the other day doing some Pilates. She's a real hoot, my physiotherapist. I love her. <laughs> so funny. And she was telling me that apparently there has been some research done into how long you've got when you go to different health practitioners before they interrupt you. Apparently, the GP is 11 seconds. Now, I'm guessing this is Australia. Gosh, wow. 11 seconds, whereas a physiotherapist, two minutes. Well, if you think about how long the the time frame you've got with them is, it kind of makes sense, I guess, if you've got a 10, 15 minute window with the GP as opposed to an hour with the physiotherapist, they've got more time Mm. to to let it flow. But it just made me realize exactly what you're saying now, that, you know, if you've got questions to ask, you have to work out exactly what they are and get them in there quick fire because, you know. (laughs) But it's so interesting because it's, that's, it's so interesting because that's not how it should be. I've seen my, my, how my father does it, and he spends an hour with everybody understanding their, their history. He has reports that he still does. You know, he does his due diligence from a medical perspective, but then you've got to also get into the mental, emotional, physical level as well. So, and I think that's, it's all a part of the same component. And it's so amazing because a lot of times people come to him frustrated with exactly what you're saying. A system that is about volume is broken, doesn't really help the person prescribe something on a piece of paper. You go to the pharmacy and that's the problem. You solve it at home. So it's so interesting because I believe the awareness is getting there. And as you guys are saying that and Cecilia, because it's coming out, I think is what I've seen in my industry and people are getting more proactive about their health and which is, which I take as an optimistic point of view right now. And I think that's one good thing that maybe having all this information at our fingertips is doing. You know, there's there's another side to it where having all this information is also can cause anxiety because yes, somebody can true. think they have every symptom in the world and <laughs> you know it's like wait I have I have heart disease diabetes and all this as well it's like wait who diagnosed you Google is not a doctor you got to go to your actual doctor no, but I right? think also too you need to just find people that 
are your people. Like we've talked about this a lot. You know, it's not having a go at doctors. It's about finding that right person for you that you feel yep. comfortable to to trust and to open up with. Yeah. And be heard. Be yeah. heard. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I think that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Every time that, you know, I love to leave our audience with what are some things like you, you told us about I mean, what you've seen. What are some things that possibly, let's say a lot of people are, are entering this, this phase in their life. Like we don't have too many young listeners, I would say in the 15 or 16, but we have <laughs> many, many listeners in their upper 20s to even above 30s, you know, who, who are getting ready to be moms and other things. So what are some things they can do daily that, that they, it can impact their health and, and reduce that stress that you're talking about and have that pregnancy be as healthy and happy as possible for them? Yeah, aside from the obvious, you know, nutrition counts, looking after yourself counts. I think we all understand that. I think we need to look beyond that. If I sat here and said, oh, you know, fat and protein at every meal and I can go through all the nutritional things that <laughs> we need. Smoke. But uh, yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, I think yeah. looking, we're trying to look beyond that. I think actually the most important thing you can do is to create the space for the, the baby. And I think we try and fit things into our modern way of living. And that's not necessarily conducive with fertility and having a baby. So when I say create space, you know, whether it's you're on an IVF journey, but you're fitting all your appointments in and around work schedule or perhaps you haven't conceived yet but the idea of that is actually so overwhelming it's all you think about that you've made yourself so busy so you don't have to think about it or perhaps you are getting to a point in your life where you're ready to have children but you're working full-time and you're studying full-time yeah it's just not conducive with fertility and i see it so so often and so again it's just another form of stress so it really does come down to looking at the areas in, in your life that are whether they're creating extra pressure or you're extremely busy or you're overextended. And also then using your other, on the other side of that is using your symptoms, like we said, as clues to work out. Is there anything else that I need to sort out? Do I have period pain? Do I have the same headache at the same time of the month every month? Or are my bowels a mess? Or whatever it might be, looking at your symptoms and really questioning what they are. So again, I guess they're two things that you can completely go in action now by getting curious and just looking at what your body is actually telling you rather than either ignoring it or just pretending that it's not there. We're pretty good at we're pretty good at kind of going, <laughs> oh yeah, I know I have period pain, but that's part of everybody or you know, it's like, well no, that's not normal. It's just common. So I would be saying that stress is really important to get a handle on and creating the space to have a baby at some point in time, whenever that is. And and that helps to remove some of that pressure that we spoke about before as well. It really is removing the pressure because we, again, told that our biological clocks are ticking, so you better get on it. Yeah. But I can see women in their 40s that are more fertile than when they were in their 30s because they've made adjustments to their health. So there's no definite expiration date. It's something that dwindles over time and you really want to be aware of where you're at with that. You know how you say that um, everyone's super stressed at the moment, true, but have there been people that have made more space because they haven't had to leave the house? Do you think that's a counter part yeah, of it? If people are either 100 times better or 100 times worse, it doesn't mm. seem to be <laughs> um, I find that with all the patients at the moment, they're either really great because they've created space, like you're saying, or they're terrible because they're terrified. 
And so it's, it's, you know, I think it's still about just trying to bring as much from all of these facets that we talk about into your life to create that homeostasis as Vinny was talking about before. It's just like the people who have been isolating with their kids as opposed to the people who don't have kids that have not have had all this spare time to take up a new hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One extreme or the other. My assistant was like, I never knew my kids ate so much. My goodness, when are they going to stop eating? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. you know what happens when they eat so much? They grow and then they grow, they need new clothes. And yes, so this yes. exercise has been very interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, Nat, in that whole thing, you said something really interesting to me. I did an, a podcast about this and I call it the comparable. Let me define what that means. I feel a lot of times all of us try to compare somebody else's life and goal, what they've accomplished versus our, oh my God. She's already had three kids. We should, I, I'm only on one and I'm struggling with two and she's doing this and I'm this, or he's got this and, and he's already had a, a family. How much of that do you see? Because I see so many times and I'm guilty of it sometimes too, as maybe we all are. I have the awareness now where I, if I go down that I'm able to stop, be like, hold on, no, just focus here, be here. Do you see that coming up a lot? Because I've talked to so many people and in the conversation, it comes up so much. Like I've talked to even sometimes my, my wife and her, you know, her friends. Oh my God, you know, this is the goal. It has to happen. Three kids by this year, done. <laughs> I laugh at it because it sounds silly, but you know, life is unpredictable, but I feel those hard deadlines and sometimes comparing, that adds to that pressure that you're talking about. Yeah, I think um, you speak to many women and they'll say, I had a breakdown on the weekend because someone else announced another pregnancy and I had a first birthday party to go to, you know, and it was all too much and it's not fair, it's stressful and whatever. What I find common with many of these women is that they're actually pushing away the very thing that they want. Mm, and so that's beautiful. Again, Beautifully being, said. Right. Being aware of that you're triggered by that, which is perfectly acceptable. Of course you can be triggered by that because if you want a baby and it's not happening in the way that you had hoped, course you're going to be upset by that but it's how quickly can you identify that you're thinking and feeling that and how quickly can you reach for a better thought um, to try and take you away from pushing that away again that's just another form of creating space but I think I see that really often where I have to say to women what if it's your turn next what if mm -hmm. and you know what do you say the other thing that I get them to have is a, an answer for someone when they say, when are you going to have children? Mm. That can be another thing too. Oh, when are you going to have a child? When are you, and, you know, you might, they might have been trying for four years. So I, I have patients say, oh, I'm so excited for whenever that happens. It chops it down straight away, but it's bringing yeah. in, not pushing it away. It's not like, oh, well, <laughs> that she's is not such for me. a little change in perspective, <laughs> just that little change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I get them to practice that as something that they've got to a quick answer to come straight back that's positive that's reinforcing and it shuts out actually shuts down the conversation then and there because often they don't want to talk about it and that's okay too but I think the more we can talk about it and I think this is the other thing is having these conversations with other women who you trust and love rather than pretending it's not happening is also something that's extremely important as well. Rather than hush, hush, we're trying, maybe it's mm. not happening or for whatever reason, we yeah, keep a yeah, secret. Yeah. 
and I don't know why we keep it a secret. It's, it blows my mind, but that is definitely the one thing I have to get. And again, it comes down to mindset, changing the patient's belief in themselves when they've probably had tried to hand it over to someone else. I think that happens with other things too. I mean, I do some voice coaching with people and I always find it really interesting when they're starting out because they really want to do this and and people that work with their voices, they're really passionate about it. It's like this secret club, you know, they've spent their whole (laughs) life imitating Donald Duck and no one else understands them and then they find their people and they're like, oh, thank you. But I always say it's that fine line between looking at what's out there already seeing who's doing it already and seeing what they do to be inspired and being put off by the fact that there's all these other people that are doing that thing that you're passionate about, whatever that is, and thinking, well, I'm not good enough because everybody else has already got this covered. So it's a really interesting thing that you have to actually just go, no, I'm just me and I'm going to do it my way and that's okay. You need permission sometimes from someone to feel that way, don't you? Absolutely. I always advise, you know, when somebody tells me that, I, even my, even the own, own my own conversation in my head sometimes is, is one of my gurus, you know, told me a long time ago, he goes, you are the frequency that you send out. It's always, the universe is always talking to you in frequencies. Whatever frequency you're sitting on is going to be the feedback you get. And, and if the end goal is you want to be you know, in, in this conversation, you want to be a healthy, happy mother, you have to envision it, you have to feel it, you have to, you have to believe it like Nat was saying, and l- just throw out that frequency, because you will then start taking the action, you'll get, start getting aligned, and little things here and there, I've seen it, I've seen this over and over again, the universe does give you little things, little hints, little clues for making progress, and as soon as you know you're off that frequency, shake it off, get back on, it's just a habit. Yeah, it's just a head like 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 Nat. Yeah, that was such a beautiful perspective. I mean, just that change in conversation that can shift everything. I mean, people don't even realize how that that took less than two seconds, but it shifts everything. The other person's like, "Oh wow, okay, what do I what do I talk to her about now?" Right? <laughs> okay. Let me, yeah. Okay. Let me, well, call me when we yeah, get there. Yeah. Ooh, let, all let, right. me go, let me go. Let me go order some it. more coffee. I, I don't think I need any more, but <laughs> let me do that. Definitely throw that one at the mother-in-law because it's often the mother-in-law. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, in the Indian family, yeah, that's the only question. You get married. When are you having kids? When are you having the second one? When's the third one? Yeah, so. (laughs) Grandkids, you know, that's fine. But sometimes that's pressure. So, yes, definitely. It is a funny thing, too, that we have that with our young people that it's like they can't work those things out without older people, you know, suggesting things (laughs) all the time. And it's very, I mean, it's very common, isn't it? My husband had a lot of pressure put on him for us to get married because we'd gone out for a long time. And, and then for a while I was like, oh, I hope that's not the reason <laughs> he decided it was a good idea. Yeah. You know, because it comes from this pressure from everywhere. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe people don't know how to make conversation. <laughs> Nat and Cecilia, this has been incredibly fun. We could go on forever about this. I may have you guys on again. You guys are just such beautiful souls to discuss this about. For our audience, where can they learn more about the your guys' podcast? Where can they learn more about you guys as individuals? And where can they learn more and ideally buy the book that you you have just released? The Wellness Collective podcast is on Instagram. And we love to share everything there. And obviously, Apple Podcasts and all of the other places that you listen to podcasts, you can find the Wellness Collective podcast. 
my website is natkringudis.com and everything else is there. And I'm also natkringudis on Instagram. So I love to actually, that's where I love to share with people most is I find Instagram's an awesome platform to just have ongoing conversations with people and be able to share things. So Cecilia, let you know where you can find her. <laughs> yes, at those places that you just said. I have a website, which is ceciliaramsdalevoice.com. You can find my demos and whatnot there. And, and yes, like I said, I do some coaching as well and podcasting. You know, imagine only having one job. It's so hard to envisage, isn't it? I can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> and, and, and guys, we're going to drop their information in the show notes. So in case, you know, you guys are having some, you know, you want to spell it right or whatnot, we'll drop it in the show notes. So, so don't Oh, yeah. We have got some good yeah. spelling issues. <laughs> so you guys cannot leave so quickly. I always do a special little thing at the end. It's called Uh-oh. my bonus round. And I usually don't send anything scripted, but we don't we don't have anything as well. So, but what I'd like to do is these are just questions that that I love to ask people. If you guys don't mind, I you know you guys can take turns going through it. But here are just some questions. And what I like to do is I don't like to give you too much time to think. I like to be kind of quick. Some of these questions are deep. <laughs> some of these questions are very very up in the air. But here's the first one that I always love to ask my guests. Okay, this is for both of you. What is a book? that you would like to pass on to your children's children. Cecilia's got the edge. Look at her. She's going to turn around and just pick one out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Here's one I prepared earlier. (laughs) Maybe the one about French wine. That might be good. Um, Interesting you say that. I love reading novels. And just recently at the start of the COVID let's all stay at home thing, I was like, oh, I, I really want to read something good. So I revisited a book that I was recommended years and years ago. It's a novel called The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. The, the person who recommended it isn't with us anymore, which I think is part of the reason I, it resonates with me as well, that he loved it and he recommended it. So I read it back then, maybe like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. And then I read it again recently. I think I got about 200 pages in and thought, what was it about this book that I loved? And all of a sudden it just clicked. And then the rest of it, I just couldn't wait to go to bed and get into this, this story. And, and I'm not sure that it was one of those ones that I would pass down. But it's funny how sometimes you read something in a time and a place and it really resonates with you. And, and it was a really interesting way to step back into that mindset mm. that I had all those years ago. And I really, really enjoyed it. It was really good escapism for now. So that's sort of answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the title of the hand grout book that I... Oh, Thank and Grow Rich. Thank and Grow that Rich one? is one that I would definitely, yes. But I've also just finished read, and that had a huge impact on my that's life. That's Napoleon Hill, right? Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich? <laughs> no. Hers is, hers is thank. Hers is think. I think and grow rich. Oh. Thank and grow rich. Okay, 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 okay. And I also just finished listening to um, Wayne Dyer's I Can See Clearly Now, and I would absolutely hand I that I love Wayne Dyer. Love him. So, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Beautiful answers, guys. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What is one quote that you live life by on a daily Mine's so corny. <laughs> it's, okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's totally the, the be the change you wish to see in the world. But I love that before it was like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Before every t-shirt had it on. Yeah. yeah. You've, totally, <laughs> you've got the dolphins, haven't you? Somewhere. Yeah. Else yeah. Motto, I like you know, it. I like it though. I like it. <laughs> what about you, Cecilia? 
I think mine is, well, it's a bit Jesus-y really, but it's the, <laughs> the old like do unto others as you would have done to you. And, and my poor kids, I'm like, would you like that person to have done that to you? <laughs> no. Well, then you only do what you would like them to do to you. And yet, I'm sure Jesus was a bit more um, profound when he said it. But yes, I, I think <laughs> there's a lot in that because especially for little people, you know, and, and big people, I'm finding it really interesting at the moment that you get onto Facebook in particular and people are just so frustrated and snarky and, you know, any, anything people are up in arms about. And I just think sometimes everybody could just do with t- having that thought and thinking about whether they would like to be treated the way they're, they're mm. treating someone else. You know, no, it's not that good. difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. Two more. What is your favourite cheat meal? Cheap or cheat? Cheat, 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 cheat yeah. as in cheating. Sorry. Yeah, it could be cheap too, but it could cheat. Cheating as in cheat. easy to make or cheating like I really Cheating as in I should, really shouldn't be eating this, but I love it. Mm. I can't control myself, you know. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, I try not to. Okay. So this is the thing. <laughs> go I on, you go. Do, I shouldn't be eating this. I try to just go, just enjoy it and move on. But I understand what you mean. Anything that is loads of like pasta with oily kind of, you know, a lot of carbohydrate oil. Yeah, I hear you. That's good. Yeah. Mine is, I reckon mine is like processed meat. Oh, so good. So bad. We got a contrast here. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like your deli, your trip to the deli. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, your deli meat selection. Last one. No vegetarianism. (laughs) <laughs> last one i like to wrap it up with this one what are top three things that you're grateful for right before you go to bed you're just incredibly grateful for this it's very interesting when you stop and think isn't it i'm actually mm. really so grateful for experience and wisdom i don't say i know everything yet but i'm certainly so grateful that i'm not just starting out or that i'm having to start study as a 18 year old again i'm so grateful for where i'm at in my life and being able to look back but then also look forward to more of that um obviously family um and and i think also um just again life experiences especially at the moment where we're having a whole different life experience correct work out what you take for granted as well and I think just being able to have the freedom to move around as that's something I'm definitely have been grateful for up until now, but probably not. I've taken it aware of it. Yeah, of course. I love that. My daughter is in year two and they're doing gratitude at school. And it's so funny because she keeps the concept of the small things that you can be grateful for is just completely lost on her. (laughs) So so she just keeps saying the same things. I'm grateful for you and dad and I'm grateful for the cat. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I'm grateful for my brother, you know, like, I'm like but it can just be things like I'm grateful for, you know, the, the pancakes I had for breakfast. It doesn't have to be the big things, but um, I think I'm grateful for being born where I was born. I just feel so lucky so often that mm. um, in Australia, we are blessed with good food, good way of living, you know, fresh air, all of the things that, that, like you say, Nat, we take for granted, but there are, and especially at the moment, it's so clear that in so many parts of the world, people are doing it tough, really tough. And we, we are just so, so lucky. So I, I feel grateful for that very often. More personally, I feel grateful for the opportunities that I've been given 
Mm. and have taken throughout my life and that I've had, you know, people in my life that have supported me to, to do crazy things when I've gone, yes, that's, that's what I want to do with my life and pursue making silly voices. And there you go. And I, instead of getting a proper job, I got to do that. So yeah, I think it's, it's very easy to get caught up in all the bad things that are going on, but it's definitely worthwhile. As you say, with your Pam Grout book, Nat, to stop <laughs> and be grateful. Yes. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Even if it is for the pancake. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry. Be- I haven't had breakfast before. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, Nat and Cecilia, you guys, thank you so much for being on here. I really thank appreciate you, it. No, thank you so much. There's just been so much wisdom, so much fun, and I just cannot wait to you know have the listeners hear it. And we'll include everything in the show notes. And so everybody, that, if, in case you guys missed anything about how to contact Nat and Cecilia, it'll be in the show notes. But Thank you guys so much for you know joining Pleasure. us from all the way in Australia. Thank you so yes. much, guys. Thank you for having us. We hope this episode helped make your life simple. It would mean the absolute world to us if you share, subscribe, and let others know about the work we do here. Thank you. And join us next week on the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi.